This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to the Life Study Program on Free FM 89.0. I'm Stuart Finlay. Life Study of the Bible is produced by Living Stream Ministry, Anaheim, California, and brought to you by the Church in Hamilton. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Scriptures. This week, Francis Ball is back with Witness Lee for our fourth program titled Life Processed for Multiplication in the Life Study of the Gospel of John. Verses are John chapter 20, verses 14 through 17. This is a continuation of last week's message. If you'd like to contact us, our email address is lifestudyprogram at gmail.com and we'll repeat this again later. Now here's Francis and Witness Lee. Francis, it's nice, as always, to have you here, especially today as we come to the resurrection of Christ in our life study of John. Bring us up to this point, if you would, with the unique presentation of the crucifixion in this gospel. Thank you. Yes, it's good to be here again, too. In uh, this gospel, the presentation of the crucifixion is really uh, more complete and more uh, meaningful than you have it in the other three Gospels. First, the account here brings out the two aspects of the Lord's death by mentioning two substances which came out of the Lord's side when the soldier pierced him. When the soldier pierced him, out came blood and water. The blood of Christ there is to answer to our need for the dealing with sin. The blood of Christ cleanses us from every sin. And the water that came out is really meeting the need for our life. Water in the Scripture is often a picture of life. There's the water of life that's in the book of Revelation, and there's the water that flowed out of the rock in the Old Testament. So water really means life, the imparting of life. Uh, There are two big obstacles for all of us human beings. One is sin, and the other one is death. So the blood of Christ answers the need for our sin. And the water flowing out of his side answers the need for death. It gives us life instead of death. So this blood cleanses us from sin, and the water imparts life into us. Blood and water, which flowed from Jesus' side, shows us the redemptive aspect of Christ's death and the life-imparting aspect of Christ's death. A further thing about uh, the the crucifixion was that uh, it is not an end in itself, It is part of the process that the triune God went through in order to accomplish his eternal economy. First of all, he was God from eternity past. He became a man, 
And he lived a perfect human life on the earth, expressing God. And then he went to the cross and accomplished an all-inclusive death, which took care of every negative thing. Then, as we'll see this morning, he resurrected. Thanks, Francis. Let's join Witness Lee in today's life study of John. Now, hallelujah. We have come to the resurrection. He resurrected in divine glory. Everything was accomplished. Everything was ready there. For what? For a discovery. There was the need of a discovery. By whom? By the loving seekers of the Lord Jesus. First one was Mary the Magdalene. She had nearly, to my opinion, new knowledge. He was absolutely not of the tree of knowledge. But he was one person in life. In a human sense, she was foolish to be there. But anyhow, she was the first one that discovered haha, the resurrection situation. Yet, sisters, regardless how much you love the Lord, still you need we brothers to help you. She discovered, but <laughs> she needed the brother to help her. So right away she went back to tell two leading brothers, Peter and John. Right away <laughs> they took a race. They didn't walk there. They ran. I do believe John might be a little younger than Peter. He ran faster. He got there the first. I don't know why, but anyhow, he didn't enter in the tomb. Then Peter came. And this Peter was a little older, so with more experiences. And he went in, you know. He was the first one who went in the tomb. Peter went in, and Peter saw this situation. What situation? All the writings were left there in a good order. Surely this means he walked out. Not like the report the foolish sister made. You know the sister reported that someone took the Lord away. You better go there and see someone took you away. <laughs> Peter went and entered into and saw writings were there. Oh, you go know Then John went in. Uh, John saw the situation and John became clear. All oh, the two brothers all became clear. The brothers are more and more clear in the truths, clear in the facts, but don't care for the experience. Yes, Peter and John, you got clear in the facts. But you don't have the experience. Who was the first who had got the experience? The foolish sister. Both of the two leading brothers, they went back. But Mary still remained there, waving my, who took him away? I like to know where he is now. But the two brothers couldn't help her. 
So many times in the church side, we brothers couldn't help you sisters. Because you are so foolish, so we just leave you there. <laughs> we like to go back home and rest for a while. We have the fact, and we have the faith in the fact. Why you sister have to pray with tears, weeping? You just waste your time. But listen to this. Eventually, the foolish weeping ones got experience. They don't know much about the fact, and they don't care for the fact. They only care for the real touching of the living Lord. I don't care what you say. I like to touch my Lord. Tell me, where is He? I don't care for the rapings. I don't care for the. I don't care for that. I care for him. I like to touch him. Oh, I like to be with him. Tell me where you put him. I have to tell you the truth. Probably even the Lord Jesus Himself didn't have intention to meet any of His disciples, because at the first fruit He should be presented to the Father for the freshness. The newness for the Father, but due to the earnestness, due to the seeking heart of this sister, I tell you, the Lord Jesus just couldn't stay away from her. So the Lord Jesus appeared to her, and right away. After she got to know that was the Lord, she tried her best to touch him. The Lord said, "No, just for you to have a look at. Don't touch me. My freshness in my resurrection has to be for the Father. Don't touch me. After I present this freshness of my resurrection to my Father, then I'll come back to you." That will be the time for you to enjoy my resurrection. This is quite meaningful. Francis, let's pause and briefly pick up this matter of the Lord first revealing Himself in His resurrection to Mary, and not to one of the brothers. This was interesting, wasn't it? Very interesting. It was very interesting that Mary was the first one to discover the resurrection. However,、uh, Mary wasn't just interested in the fact. Of the resurrection, she was very anxious to see the Lord Himself, even to see where He had been laid in the tomb. In a sense, as Witness Lee pointed out, she was foolish. She was foolishly in love. She loved the Lord, and she wanted to see Him. She went there while it was still dark, and then seeing that the stone over the tomb had been rolled away, you can imagine what kind of a Fright, or what kind of anxiety that might have worked in her. But immediately, she ran to get two of the brothers, Peter and John, and they came. They didn't walk there; they ran there. But when they came there, they went in. At least Peter went in directly, and he saw how things were. The grave clothes it had been wrapped with, the linen, was to one side, and the napkin that was around his head, or the handkerchief that was around his head, was folded. In another place, and he saw this, and this was evidence to him of the resurrection. And the scripture says he believed, and departed, 
these two brothers, they saw the evidence, and they could interpret the fact that the resurrection had taken place, but they went home. But Mary stayed there, and she stayed wondering what had happened, and eventually she got rewarded for her staying. She saw two angels, one where his head was and one where his feet were, and they announced that he's not there. And she uh, she still was perplexed. She wouldn't uh, be satisfied unless she could see the Lord. She turned. She thought it was the gardener, but actually it was Jesus, and she really wanted to touch him. But he said, don't touch me, because he hadn't yet ascended to his father. But he said, go tell my brothers. So the Lord really rewarded her. Maybe he didn't intend to make himself seen or known, but because of her love for him and her foolish staying, she remained there while the brothers had left. But eventually, the Lord came back and manifested himself to them also. So her responsibility was given to her because of her love for the Lord. And he gave her the responsibility to go tell my brothers, my brothers. Let's return to Witness Lee. Now, we have to cover one of the greatest points in this book. Not many Christians have ever seen this clearly, but tonight we must pay our full attention to this one thing. What? That is, the Lord told Mary, go and tell my brothers. You all have to realize that before this time of the Lord's resurrection, the Lord never called his disciples brothers. The best, the most intimate term the Lord used to call them was friends. You know, in chapter 15, he said, you are not my slaves, you are my friends. But after his resurrection, these friends of his all became his brothers. Why? Because all these disciples got regenerated in his resurrection. First Peter Chapter 1, verse 3 tells us we were all regenerated through his resurrection. In his resurrection, we all have been regenerated to be his brothers. From the day of resurrection, the divine life of the Father has been imparted into us. So, we all become the sons of God, and the unique son of God has become the firstborn among many brothers. This is marvelous. We all have to see this. Go and tell my disciples, no. Go and tell my friends, no. Go and tell my brothers. It's a big term. It's a big term. Go and tell my brothers. Let's break in here again, Francis. I'd like to hear your comments about the Lord in his resurrection, referring to the disciples as his brothers for the first time. I really like this marvelous term here because he said, go tell my brothers. This is such a tender term. 
in the Gospel of John, he was with these disciples a lot, nearly all the time for three years, but he never referred to them as brothers. He always called them either by name or referred to them as friends. But now, after his resurrection for the first time, he calls them brothers. Why was it not until his resurrection that he referred to them in this way? Why? Because before the resurrection, they were his followers. They were his disciples. But they did not have his life in them. Now, through his resurrection, they have all been regenerated. Even according to 1 Peter 1.3, it says, We were regenerated through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we have the life of the Father, the Father of Jesus Christ. His Father is our Father. His God is our God. We have His life. We are His brothers. We and He have the same Father. We and He have the same life. Through His resurrection, the only begotten Son became the firstborn Son among many brothers. And these brothers were regenerated through His resurrection, making them genuine brothers, sons of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Francis. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. This is what is revealed in chapter 12. One grain of wheat producing many grains for the making of the loaf, which is the body of Christ. Here you can see the grains have been brought forth in his resurrection. Before his death, praise be impressed, he was the only one grain. Before his death, he was the unique one grain. But after his resurrection, that one unique grain became many grains. This is the multiplication of life through his death in resurrection. Listen, before his death, he was the individual expression of the Father. But after his resurrection, this individual expression became the corporate expression of God the Father in the Son. Now, I do believe many of you are not so familiar with Hebrew 2, verses 10 and 12. I would ask you to turn to the portion of the word again. For it became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, and this is the Father. In bringing many sons into glory, not unto, but into glory, to make the captain of the salvation perfect through sufferings, this is the Son. So the Father is bringing many sons into glory. For both he the sanctified, this is the sanctifying Son. The Son is the sanctifier. And they who are sanctified, these are we. We are the sanctified ones. Both are all of one Father. One here denoting the Father. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brothers. <laughs> Pray tell me, when, where 
the first time he called them brothers. Right here in John chapter 20, verse 17. Mary, go and tell my brothers. He was not ashamed to call them brothers. Why? He was not ashamed because by that instant he knew that all his disciples got his father's life. It's not a small thing. It's not just a title. After his resurrection, all his disciples uh, got to have the father's life. Exactly the same as he is. He is the sanctifier, and all the disciples are the sanctified ones, both he and they. All are of one father. Of the same source, with the same life, and with the same nature. So he was not ashamed to call them brothers. Not only so. Saying, I will declare thy name unto my brothers. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto you. Marvelous. The brothers are just the church. And he called them the brothers, and he will declare the Father's name to the brothers, and in the midst of the brothers, he will sing praises. You know, I spend more time to find out where is the verse that the Lord Jesus sing praise to the Father. I couldn't couldn't find such a verse. Eventually, I got to realize that whenever his brothers <laughs> were singing to the Father, I tell you, he was singing within their singing. Amen. Don't you believe even now he's here in our midst? Where? within all of us. While we are singing, I tell you, he is singing in our singing. Really good. So his death and resurrection, we have received the Father's life and God's nature, inwardly. Outwardly, so his death and resurrection, we all have been brought into the position of the sonship. So inwardly, we have the reality. Outwardly, we have the position. So what? So his Father is ours, and his God is ours. Hallelujah! Amen. We are the same as he is, and he is the same as we are. Amen. And here is the church. This is the church Amen. in his resurrection. Amen. Praise him. Amen. It's wonderful. Francis, in this last portion, witnessly brought together the account in John 20 and the passage from Hebrews 2 regarding the Lord joining with his brothers in singing praise to the Father. This was so marvelous, it surely deserves some additional comments. You know, the psalmist predicted in Psalm 22, verse 22, I will declare your name to my brothers. 
and uh, I will sing hymns of praise to you. And in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11, that actually happened. He declared his name to his brothers, of course, in John 20. He declared his name to his brothers in resurrection, and then he sang praises to God. I think Witness Lee brought out that he never found a passage where the Lord actually sang praises. So he wondered, and I wondered too, when did the Lord sing praises? Well, we have to conclude that when he met with his brothers, in their singing, he was singing, because now he is in them. He's the firstborn Son of God, and those who are sanctified by him, the believers in Christ, are the many sons of God. We all have the same life, the same nature, so when we sing, he sings. Both the firstborn son and the many sons of God are of the same Father God in resurrection and have the same nature, so that the firstborn son declares the Father's name to his brothers after his resurrection from the dead. He did this when he met with his Father's many sons, and when they sang, he was singing. To me, this is very, very sweet. When we sing, we can have the assurance that this verse is being fulfilled, and He is singing in our singing. This shows that He is in us, He is with us, and I believe right now, if you just turn your heart to the Lord and start singing, Lord Jesus, I love you, you will have the sense that He's in you, and then you can sing glory to God, and you'll know that He's singing in your singing. You know, Now that we are nearing the completion of our life study of John on radio, I really would like to encourage all our listeners to get these messages in print. We've only touched a few points in these broadcasts of the depths that are in these life studies. When you get these in print, they open up the portions of the Word they're covering in a way that I don't think any of us had ever seen so clearly before. So I would certainly encourage any listeners to get these life study messages so they can study them, get into them, and have the enjoyment of the depths of the Word of God. Thank you, Francis. This was an excellent picture of how we should seek the Lord. If we want to see something more of the Lord, we must have more fellowship with Him. Mary seeing the Lord was the best morning watch. In this morning watch, she met the Lord and the Lord met her. She prayed to the Lord and the Lord spoke to her. She fellowship with the Lord and the Lord gave his word and his revelation to her. We're always happy to hear from you and to answer any questions you may have. We have copies of the recovery version of the New Testament with its accompanying footnotes available. And these are free. We'd love to send you a copy. You can call us on Hamilton 853-2620 or email us at lifestudyprogram at gmail.com. If you'd rather, you can order a free copy from Bibles for New Zealand. That's bfnz.org.nz. And they also have a phone number, 0800 40 40 80. Join me again next week at the same time, 2.30pm, when we will have the next life study in the Book of John. We close with the hymn, I Love God. And it's from the CD, Divine Romance. Oh, yeah.
You're listening to Free FM 89.0, a great station supported by New Zealand On Air. We hope you've enjoyed today's life study program and thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.